you know, we've talked a lot about this in between media this season. There's going to be curveballs coming your way. Hate's a strong word. I dislike Kirk Cousins more than probably any other quarterback. In the I get a little bit of that rookie-itis, you know? I would have said, I would love some of what you're Even though I'm straight, I'm still stuck between an interpretation, what it all means. Can I make a difference for something different? My mind in prison, then I saw the vision. Played the field, it's no competition. Found success through the repetition. If it's impossible, stick to the mission. I'm just cruising through on my way to get it. I found myself somewhere in between. Yeah, I found myself somewhere in between. gentlemen welcome in it's tuesday november 16th this is the in between fantasy football podcast your destination for both some feel good lifestyle advice and some fantasy football advice as well after another bizarre week week 10 in the nfl we're back here nate polvo jen polvo seth wolcock you guys know us by now we're back here to break everything down that we just saw over the last week um and, and you know Put it, put it into what we can take away and what we can move forward with into week 11 here, guys. Nate, Jen, how are you guys holding it down here? Week 10, in the bag now. We're now 10 weeks into the fantasy football season. The holidays are right around the corner. We're going to have a lot to say about that in our content the next couple of weeks. But I feel like I'm kind of just flying by the seat of my pants right now. Are you guys any more prepared for the holidays and what's coming ahead than I am? Uh, maybe a little bit. This year, primarily, what we did differently is we told my parents to host Thanksgiving rather than <laughs> for us to host Thanksgiving. So that's a huge weight off of our shoulders. And, you know, it, I mean, it's not that big of a deal to host Thanksgiving. It's just like when you grow up, you have to make sure you have 16 water glasses and 16 right. forks and 16 plates. So I think and a table us, big enough for everybody. Yes. Which Nate built for us. That is true. <laughs> yeah, guys, it, it really feels like it's kind of been flying. Time's been flying. I feel like we kind of almost entered like a, an alternate reality or like some type of episode of a show that just went bad. Um, with, with everything that's kind of happened in the last week, Cam Newton, OBJ is now on the Rams, Robert Woods, ACL torn, Aaron Jones goes down to injury. A lot of stuff kind of happened within this last week that I feel like we just went into an alternate dimension and we're trying to find our way back out. So We're going to do everything we can today to get you guys ready for week 11 here. We're going to have some headline hijinks on the show as well. We're going to do some in the scope. We're going to do some sure things, sleepers of the week. And we're going to talk about the week 11 burnout. This is the time of year. A lot of people, you know, when they get burnt out with fantasy football, what they can do to avoid it, shake things up a little bit. Um, We're going to talk about all that tonight, guys. If if you want to check out the show um, anytime on live stream, that's on 930 Tuesdays. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, wherever you guys are watching your live streams. If you want to check out the audio version, you can go ahead and uh, check that out on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you guys are listening to your podcast. That comes out on Wednesdays. Um, If you guys want to interact with us, ask any questions. We are taking questions during the show as well. Head over to YouTube, drop those those questions for us, and we'll be sure to get to them. 
guys, any any final thoughts here as we load up and get ready for some headline hijinks? Let's talk about the headlines. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. We're going to have a good one. Good one. <laughs> we're, That's we're, my we're, thought. Nate's ready. Nate's seen so much over the last week. So we're going to break it down in headline hijinks. Um, headline hijinks is once again presented by our friends over at Monkey Knife Fight. If you guys haven't played Monkey Knife Fight, what are you doing? Like in between family, in between fam out there, guys, this is your time to try it. Um, if you want to try it, it's DFS for the common man. They're, you know, they're famous for the more or less games. You can use the multipliers to make it well worth your time. You can win a lot of money at, at low risk. So we love playing it here at In Between Media. Uh, if you guys want to play any football contests, golf contests, UFC, NASCAR, all content that we have here at In Between Media, you can go ahead and check them out. If you want to use the the promo code IBT, it's a hundred dollars match up to a hundred dollars, hundred percent match. Um, use that promo code IBT. You're going to get a free five dollar game as well. Again, that's Monkey Knife Fight. Head over there to whatever kind of app store you guys are using. Check them out. And we appreciate their partnership over there. And guys, let's go ahead and get ready for some. Finger slipped on the button there, guys. I was trying to drop it on cue there for you. Um, guys, this is Headline Hijinks. This is our way to break down the fantasy football news. Um, and, guys, it's been a crazy one. We, we've already talked about it. OBJ, he signs with the Rams last week. Last week at this time, we had no knowledge of where he was going to go. A lot of people thought Packers, Chiefs, those were kind of the big contenders. The Raiders were thrown out there a little bit. And it couldn't have come at a better time for the Los Angeles Rams. Unfortunately, on the same day they signed OBJ, they somehow lose Robert Woods, who has been a staple in that Rams offense. He's seen 120 plus targets three straight years. He's been an absolute, you know, just a team leader for the Rams. Nate, before we break down what we saw Monday night football and OBJ's first action for the Rams, what was your takeaway of this signing, the Robert Woods injury, and what's your headline to kind of make sense of it all? So my headline is more quippy than helpful, um, but twice as nice. Second footballer Beckham lands in LA as Wood exits stage left with the torn ACL. So I went a little Hollywood, little soccer, yeah, little Odell and David. Man, it's I'm bummed about Robert Woods. I'm really bummed because he was really starting to come into his own this season. He struggled the first part of the season. He was looking really good. He was getting more involved, and to have to lose him. Think of that trio, Cooper Cup, oh. Robert Woods, and Odell Beckham, and Van Jefferson. But really, it was you just still got be, it was always going to just be a duo. So now it's even more sad. That's true. I don't have a I don't have I honestly don't have high hopes for Beckham's contribution to the LA offense. I think we're going to see Van, last week, but not going forward. I uh, still still with Robert Woods out. I still don't. Let me tell you why. Because they've already got the big play guy in Cooper Cup. They've got the deep threat in Van Jefferson. Odell Beckham Jr. is a distraction to defenses. Van Jefferson looked like trash last night. That is true. The whole team looked like trash. Matthew Stafford looked like trash. In the first half, it was like, if you take off his helmet, is it actually Jared Goff? (laughs) 
Like there were some <laughs> serious questions and I have serious questions about what Odell Beckham actually brings to the table at this point. He hasn't, he didn't look great in Cleveland the last year and a half. He's been more than more of a distraction than actually like a help on the field. And I wonder how that's going to play out in this locker room is the, my biggest question. It was, I mean, it was definitely disappointing to see the Rams overall performance on Monday night, guys, a 10 to 31 loss to the San Francisco 49ers division rivals. That's two losses in a row for the Rams. And um, a controversial story actually came out today that a lot of people are talking about. OBJ was two for 18 on three targets. One of those targets was a deep ball interception. Matthew Stafford, pretty bad looking throw there. But a story actually came out today that Matthew Stafford might be feeling already what Baker Mayfield was feeling and uh, you know, a little pressure to get OBJ the ball and it's not actually going to help him as a quarterback. A lot of people push back on this right away saying that, you know, OBJ only got three targets, only been at practice two days. So they don't think this is possible. Nate, Jen, Jen, let's go to you. Is there any life behind this? Do you think that somehow OBJ could actually hurt Matthew Stafford's value rather than raise it up? Yeah, a thousand percent. I mean, already the entire team looked like they were affected by the OBJ addition. I mean, nobody was themselves, including Cooper Cup, the all-star. Like Garbage time. He got, yeah, he still got it done. He still got it done for garbage time. Cooper Cup yeah. did. I think he still had 20 plus fantasy points. But I mean, it definitely didn't look good early on for any of these Rams, these Rams wide receivers. Nate, do you think this is just kind of, getting adjusted because they are getting adjusted to without Robert Woods too. I mean, Robert Woods has been, you know, the man in this offense for three plus years. And, you know, while Cooper cups really ascended this year, think about all those times when Cooper cup was injured and, and away from the team and Robert Woods really held it down. I think the Robert Woods injury plays a huge part in how disjointed they looked this week for sure. But I don't think it helps that Odell Beckham is now in that offense. And this team is trying to figure out what they are. They've got Von Miller on the defensive side, made his first start, really didn't make an impact. Odell Beckham Jr. on the offensive side made his first start way too soon. They should have sat him this week. There was no reason to have him out there. He doesn't know the offense. Well, they panicked. With Woods out, I'm I, yeah, I suppose they panicked. I mean, if I'm being honest, even with Woods out, I don't like the Beckham signing for LA. I just don't like it. I don't think they needed him. I think that they could have inserted Tyler Higby a little bit more into the offense. Uh, I think they could have ridden cup. Van Jefferson is talented. They have enough parts and pieces. I don't really understand the signing. And I think in the long run, it hurts this team because you're losing that big locker room personality in Robert Woods and you're gaining a locker room headache which has been known since he was in New York. If you remember the one time they made the playoffs, what did Beckham do? Went to a pool party or a boat party in Miami to what? Two days before his first playoff yep. game. Yep. So you're losing a stand-up guy. You're gaining someone who is a liability in the locker room. Like that's not a good sign for me for LA and they're trying to compete with Arizona. And I understand wanting to bring that talent in, but I just don't think it was a good idea. So, so you guys seem a little bit concerned as, as, as far as it goes rest of season for the Rams football-wise. When, when we break this down fantasy football-wise and action items to take away here, I still see Cooper Cup as probably the wide receiver one moving forward overall in fantasy football. He's been too dominant to think otherwise. I think Matthew Stafford is still like a low-end QB1, maybe sliding into that QB2 tier a little bit. 
Um, and, and then I think OBJ is like a, you know, flex play wide receiver three. Is that, is that, are you guys feeling me on that or am I off base at all? No, I agree. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, high end at the very like top end of his fantasy value. He's a low end wide receiver three. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, moving forward here, um, as crazy it is to see OBJ out in L.A., um, crazier to see Cam freaking Newton, guys, back in a Carolina Panther uniform. Last week on the show, we didn't even know that Sam Darnold was going to be out as long as he is. It's a four- to six-week injury for Darnold, who has looked poor, very poor, over the last six weeks for Carolina. Nate, we thought maybe we were seeing a little bit of a breakout of Sam Darnold. It looks like Adam Gase was maybe not just – the, the person holding him back. But regardless, Cam Newton, he comes in this week. He plays seven snaps in his first outing for Carolina, mostly by the goal line, completes a couple of passes. Robbie Anderson gets in the end zone on, on the end of one of them, rushes for one that was pretty awesome too, screams, I'm back. Like super cinematic overall. Uh, I'm sure Cam will have some great content coming out over the next couple of months about it. But 11.7 PPR points for him on seven snaps. Jen, what is your headline here for Cam Newton's return? And what do you think he is for fantasy football? Um, let's go redraft single QB moving forward. Okay, so my headline is the return of the prodigal son. Obviously, he's gone back to Carolina and he instantly fit in. He didn't need any time. Even with new coaching, he didn't need any time to just step right on in after 11 months off. That shoulder injury, like, I mean, I think as long as he continues what he's doing, he's going to be good. I feel like the team reciprocated his energy that he had when he came back. And I'm sure a lot of people are down on him, but I'm not one of those. He's got too much going for him. He's too confident. And I think he's just going to continue the rest of the season. So long as he's got the rock, he's going to be good. So very interesting here, Jen. Like, would you say if you're in a one QB league, are you picking him up this week? If if you have if you don't have one of these, you know, top seven, eight surefire QBs. Yeah, if I've got somebody on buy, if I've got somebody who's on IR, then yes, I would pick him up in a heartbeat. Nate, where are you at? Because it seemed you had a column come out earlier today that he was your mild selection. You were trying to calm the hype down just a little bit um compared to Jen, I feel like. So yes. Um I like him in a relief role in your fantasy lineups. I don't like him as a marquee unless you're in like complete dire straits. That's what we're saying. Like in an emergency yeah. situation, you're absolutely taking cam. If you've got somebody else, then no, obviously right. not. Not this think, week anyways. I think he's going to be good. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to be great. I think that he's happy to be back with a team that he's familiar with. A lot of the players are the same. He's only been gone a year. He's in a stadium he's comfortable with. He's around a fan base he's comfortable with. So why doesn't him. this lead up to success? Because I, I, I have concerns about his arm strength hmm. is my biggest thing. If he doesn't is, have his arm, he's got his legs. So. He does have his legs, but they also, Carolina has a terrible offensive line. Yes. that's I think that's my biggest issue is that Cam's going to get a ton of pressure and there's CMC. Yes. So... Do they need him to run the ball a ton? I mean, they should. I think I think near the goal line is where he's going to be most effective. That seems yes. like in the red zone is where Carolina has struggled up to this point in the season. Mm-hmm. We know for, you know, all mediocre NFL quarterbacks, it's really, you know, 
you don't have as much fuel to play with. The defenders are closer to you. It's, it's tougher to score. But as we saw in that, you know, um, that that power O, that was awesome to see. He, it looked like it was going nowhere, and then he just stiff arms one guy, makes the other miss, gets around to the end zone. Like, that's what I think Cam Newton's going to be this year. Uh, I see him as like a QB2, like, you know, a mid a mid-tier QB2. But let's be honest, the QBs have been so streaky this season that – like you'll kind of take what you can get in that realm. People last year or last week were picking up uh, Matt Ryan, and I don't even know if he finished with with a a fantasy point. Like it was, it, it's been really atrocious for a lot of a lot of quarterbacks. Russell Wilson, he came off his injury last week, um, didn't have more than six PPR points as well. So I think the streakiness in the quarterback maybe elevates Cam's value a little bit. Um, what I'm most concerned with is DJ Moore. I think at this mm-hmm. point. I mean, if you didn't move off him while he was on that heater earlier, you might be in trouble because I think at this point he's moving towards the lower end of wide receiver two. I'm concerned because we haven't seen the best we saw. Maybe DJ Moore was the end of last season or, I mean, he's been okay with Cam Newton in the past, but I just don't know, especially with like touchdown opportunities going down even more with Cam running it. Well, and plus DJ Moore needs some of those deep targets to be viable and he's not going to get those with Cam. He and we saw it with Bridgewater last year. Yes, he will. He will just Cam, okay. right now. Cam, Cam was top five in the deep ball last year, but he was limited in the sample size. So that was something True. I was I was super hot on Nelson Aguilar. You guys knew that um, with the Patriots this season because of that deep ball possible connection with Cam. Um, but we seem to be a little mixed here. Jen saying go grab him. Nate saying grab him if you need him, but temper expectations. I'm saying it. Whatever you can get for DJ Moore is my biggest takeaway. I'm well. I'm. I mean, I'm not set selling him for pennies on the dollar, but like, if I can get a decent wide receiver back or like, you know, a, a startable running back, I, I'm comfortable moving off DJ Moore. Find someone who loves Cam as much as Jen does, and that's your trade partner. <laughs> there you go. There you guys go. All right, let's move forward. Cam Newton's back. Um, one player will not be playing this week, unfortunately. It looks like Aaron Jones for the Packers. He He's going to go out with an MCL injury. Um, luckily, it's a mild sprain, so he's only going to be out one to two weeks. Um, my headline for this and what we saw transpire on Sunday is Aaron Jones survives major injury and relentless A.J. Dillon truthers. So I'm just going to start with this, and I'm just like, I don't want to go on a rant, but it might happen. Um, I'm so sick of people just like taking victory laps due to injury. It is the most like frustrating part of being in this industry. And like we saw what happened over the summer. I don't need to talk about it that much, but when some, a known analyst took a victory lap about Daryl Henderson after the Cam Akers injury, a lot of people went after him. But, you know, then we see Sunday people – Oh, AJ Dillon, I've been telling you since, you know, since week one that, that this is his backfield and and people saying, you know, Sunday morning I was telling you to start AJ Dillon. And it's like we cannot proje- we cannot project, we cannot predict injury as fantasy analysts. AJ Dillon had a great game this last week. He played his butt off. But those two touchdowns, the 25 plus points that he had, they don't happen without Aaron Jones getting hurt. So, I'm just saying just chill out everyone like I don't know. I, I was like, I was like, I couldn't even get on Twitter because like I kept seeing it, you know, AJ Dillon truthers popping up left and right. And like, I get, you have a guy, I get, you have a brand, you have to stick by it. But at the end of the day, like let's show some respect, especially for Aaron Jones. I mean, the guy has been a baller his whole career. Um, unfortunate to see what will happen, but 
Sorry, guys. I mean, I'm just I'm a little fired <laughs> up after that. Fired up for sure. That's okay though. <clears throat> what it is is it's it's a, an intense need for these people to have a take that hits. And when AJ Dillon becomes relevant, regardless of the situation, they're going to tell you that they were right. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is that all along we all knew that AJ Dillon was talented. Absolutely. And if Aaron, if Aaron Jones got hurt, Absolutely. that AJ Dillon was gonna go out and crush it. And you apparently, know, yeah, if Jordan Love starts at quarterback, mm-hmm. AJ Dillon is also going to crush it. Yeah, these are scenarios in which we already knew going into the season there was no real argument. This is when AJ Dillon was going to be good. Exactly. When Aaron Jones is down, AJ Dillon is an RB one, mm-hmm. probably most weeks. Yeah, Jen, do you see AJ Dillon as an RB one moving forward these next two weeks? Green Bay, they do have a buy coming up in three weeks, so you know we're probably looking at about three weeks until Aaron Jones really comes back here. Um, before the buy, they have Minnesota and LA, both bottom fifteen defenses against the position overall this season because because I personally think AJ Dillon might fall a little short of expectations here just we've seen backups come in and not be all be able to always fill the role as, as great as a starter where do you see AJ Dillon Jen I mean I do see him there he he's young the the team has energy they're what's eight and one now or something two losses yeah two losses seven and two seven and two then so I, I think that this is going to propel him forward. I feel like he is taking on responsibility and saying, I'm the man, I've got this, I will do this. Because anytime he's put in charge, he's got it. So, I I mean, I'd put him right there. It's an RB1. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah, you, I mean, you probably have to fire him up if you have him this week. I'm just saying temper expectations a little bit. Um, for the rest of the season, right? Not just for the next several weeks temper expectations you're saying or yeah yeah, yeah definitely I'm, well I mean I I think when Aaron Jones comes back in a couple of weeks AJ Dillon like he'll still have a role and probably bigger than he yeah. had before Aaron Jones got hurt but I mean look out for Aaron Jones man I I honestly think this is going to like propel this guy to come back and be like a league winner like maybe that's a hot take and I, I definitely have rose tinted glasses for Aaron Jones I, I think he's a phenomenal player but I mean, they need to get this guy going. Jen, you're looking at me like, shut up, Seth. (laughs) No, no, he's just, he's burned me, man. He's burned me so bad. Like, I have so many shares of him that I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, the future is A.J. Dillon. Mm -hmm. Oh, he just signed the contract, so he's got some time left on it. Um, We'll see what happens when Aaron Jones comes back, but we're definitely plugging in and playing A.J. Dillon right now. If you have him, you're fortunate. I, I will say I have I have Aaron Jones like you, Jen, on I think about five of my rosters. I have no AJ Dillon. I've I've tried I've tried in leagues to go out and get him all year. My one of my best friends has him in our home league. And I've been like sending him like reasonable offers, you know, every every week of the year. And I literally had made a note to myself in my notes over the weekend, like trade for AJ Dillon this week. Give up whatever you have to get. And that was before the injury. And then that happened. I was like, God dang it. <laughs> but, but guys, we, we will survive the Aaron Jones injury. Just, but honestly, just crazy to see with him and Alvin Kamara now. Like we're up to like twenty-four plus starting running backs who've gone down to injury this season. Just yep. insane, insane. Um, guys, let's talk about some players who maybe, um, maybe our listeners and viewers tonight they can find off their waiver wires. 
and off free agency in the next couple of days to help them plug and play and get through these injuries. We're going to bring in In the Scope. In the Scope is once again presented by our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. I've been playing a ton of underdog fantasy so far this season. Nate, I know you and the guys over on the tailgate, you guys are playing underdog fantasy every Sunday as well. What do you have to say about it for our listeners here? It's refreshing, I think, would be the biggest takeaway like from underdog. Yeah. Um, it's just so different than anything else that's out there. It's different than, I mean, DraftKings, FanDuel, sportsbooks, where you're doing the parlays. Yeah, They bring it to you in a different way that isn't going to cost you an arm and a leg to make some money. And it's fun. And it's a really, it's a really amazing, easy to use, intuitive platform. And for real, right now, they will 100% match your deposit up to $100 if you use the promo code IBT when you sign up. Hundo, baby. That's a free $100. Free hundo. You're, you're going to spend that hundo anyway. Free hundo. Why, why not get 200 for your 100 That's called doubling your, your money. It's called solid economic decisions. There we go. Oh, couponing. It's like coupon. Exactly. It's like couponing. Wait, coupon or coupon? We're not getting into this. I think I like coupon better. Get out of here. I'm I'm off the show. (laughs) (laughs) Jen just quit in between media. (laughs) Coupons. Coupon versus coupon. (laughs) Guys, if you want to try underdog, like like Nate said, head over, use IBT for your promo code. You're going to get hooked up over there. Um, We appreciate underdog and their partnership. Guys, let's go ahead and get into in the scope. I have the stars in my sights. Requesting permission to engage. In the scope. I die a little bit inside every time I see Philip Lindsay in that Broncos uniform in that clip, man. Oh, yeah, it's it, it's tough. Those of you new to In the Scope, reason we saw Philip Lindsay clip if you're watching the show is this is our show where or our session on the show where we try to get into waivers a week early. Guys, no one's no one are talking about who you can probably almost pick up on free agency after waivers run, or you can use a very little amount of fab, a low waiver priority to get them. And they might not be the number one claim this week, but they might be just next week. Nate, why don't you start us off, man? Who are you targeting here in the scope heading into week eleven? I'm a big fan of Jamal Agnew. Wow. I know. He's a former cornerback who learned how to play wide receiver on YouTube yeah, yeah. in the off season during COVID times. And he's been like seriously nothing short of impressive. Uh, the fact that he's playing wide receiver at the NFL level, having never played it before is insane. Jacksonville is a mess. That team is a mess. The coaching situation is a mess. Trevor Lawrence is trying to figure out how to like get his footing underneath him but they're using him in multiple ways, not just as a wide receiver. He had three carries for, I think 73 yards last yeah, week. Yeah, He hit a, he and busted a, one. He busted. He one, busted man. one. He's on an uptick for sure. He's like, okay. So he's like a poor man's Cordarrelle Patterson. Yeah. Is yeah. the way I'd probably put it. Great return man too. Yeah. Yep. And we've got a matchup coming up against San Francisco who is giving up 21.2 points to the running back position. 27.8 points to the wide receiver position on average per week through the season. And he kind of fills both of those roles for a Jacksonville team that isn't using Marvin Jones Jr. They're not using, well, obviously DJ Chark is injured. They're not using LaVisca Chenault. That probably They've pains got, you, man. Oh, dude, it hurts my heart so bad. 
uh, just like makes me so sad. But next cute. year when there's a new coach, because Urban Meyer will not be the head coach there, hopefully next season. But I really know. like, I think Jamal, and J- the thing is, is that Jamal Agnew is guys you can go out and get for almost nothing. You, you're not going to have to trade for him. All no. you have to do is go pick him up off the waiver wire after waivers clear tomorrow because no one else is looking at him. So and what the do last, you see for him next week? I see. Against San Francisco. I think there's going to be a mix of backfield usage and receiving usage where he's going to get, okay. So if I'm going to call my shot here, he gets eight carries. Eight carries. He gets eight carries. Holy cow. Dude. Urban Myers, a guy who sees someone do something in a game in the next week, he tries to exploit what he saw them do. He blew up. He had that one massive run. Urban Meyer is going to give him at least eight carries to try and see if he can do it again. Plus he's going to get receiving work. I bet she gets three to four targets in the receiving that's, game. That's converts it to two to three catches. I mean, but I don't think it does. The th- Urban Meyer is new to the NFL. That mm-hmm. stuff flies in college. It doesn't always fly in the NFL, but he's going to try it anyway. That's what I'm saying. Like it's too predictable for the NFL, but he's so good at what he does. Jamal Agnew specifically. I, I, you could be looking at like a 10 to 15 point game from him, which given where a lot of our fantasy rosters are, I'm okay. Where are we? We're 30 minutes into the show. Bookmark this. Yeah. Bookmark it. So uh, (laughs) I I will add this. Nate, it was funny because I, it probably was about maybe four or five, maybe six weeks ago at this point. We had a, a listener on YouTube actually ask us, should they pick up Jamal Agnew in a, in a league where they actually got points for return yards as well? And Mm -hmm. that was when we just saw Agnew. Chark was hurt, but we were just kind of seeing Agnew getting integrated into the offense. And we were like, yeah, go ahead. That week I picked him up in Scott Fishbowl, which is a really deep league. I think you have about maybe 23, 24 roster spots in in that league. And, I mean, I've been starting him the last couple of weeks, and I've I've been thrilled with what I've been getting out of him. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's not an all-star, but at the end of the day, he's a sure thing sleeper, or he's a – in the scope candidate for sure. So I like that call, Nate. Jen, who do you got for us here? I have, he's not rostered like hardly anywhere, but I have Deontay Foreman Um, for a team lacking Derrick Henry. Deontay really could be the next best thing for the Titans. He only rushed 11 times for, I think, 30 yards, 35 yards, something like that in his last game. But like, Adrian Peterson, he was great for one game. Jeremy McNichols didn't do anything last week. And Tennessee will need the ball against New England in week 12. So not this week, but week 12. And I think Foreman can be their guy. Foreman to me is like the perfect uh, example of like a lottery pick, right? Or lottery ticket right now. You could pick, but like the great thing is you can pick him up this week. Um, you probably, I think he's probably is going to go on some waiver wires, probably lower priority, maybe. Um, maybe low amount of fab but like you can pick him up you can stash him this week maybe next week and if he doesn't perform you can drop him um but like right now someone has to emerge out of this backfield McNichols has really kind of fumbled the bag he he had a drop touchdown reception over the weekend and Adrian Peterson has not come into into, back into his own form yet either so I mean someone's got to get these touches here so i mean mm-hmm. why not foreman jen I, I i like that as a sneaky a sneaky low low priority guy this week yeah yeah i think um 
expectations were a little too high for Adrian Peterson coming in. I think Deontay Foreman's he's showing post Achilles tendon tear, which is wild. Yeah. That yeah. he's pretty va- he's pretty valuable in fantasy because Tennessee is currently the number one seed in the AFC. If the playoffs started tomorrow, Tennessee gets a bye. Mm-hmm. But that's because of Derrick Henry for the most part. We're now yeah. two weeks removed from the injury. And Deontay Foreman has seen the most significant work in this backfield. And I, Mike Grable is a disciple, a student, a protege of Bill Belichick. Yes, sir. Big Bill, Bill Belichick is big. Bill is good at finding those guys that fill a need for the rest of the season on injury. Deontay Foreman seems to be that guy in Tennessee. And I think Jen nailed it here. He's probably going to be the guy in that backfield moving forward. He seems like he can handle the volume over McNichols and over Peterson. And I think he's only 5% rostered in sleepers. So he's definitely still out there. Yeah. Yeah. Even in some of my deepest leagues, he's out there. Mm-hmm. I I don't know what the percentage is that anyone becomes the guy. I I honestly think that it might just be this kind of backfield by committee. Again, he's a Bill Belichick prodigy, as you just Mm -hmm. mentioned, Nate. So that that's been Bill's specialty. Um, You know, but when you have Derrick Henry, you obviously aren't doing that, but right. Yeah. But, but again, I think a lottery ticket, pick him up. If he performs these next couple of weeks, you might have a guy you can roll with down the stretch. If not drop him after next week or the the week after. I like that, Jen. So as unsexy as that was of a pick, this is going to be the ugliest, like probably just, I mean, I was kind of just like, didn't even want to say this, but it, it, this is where we are right now. And I'm talking about Samaj P. Ryan as my in the scope candidate here for week 11. And, you know, I, maybe this is a little bit about me personally getting, getting burned by Aaron Jones going down to injury and not having the handcuff to AJ Dillon. But guys, I mean, we know what Joe Mixon's injury history is for one. Um, the Bengals are in a position to maybe make a little bit of a playoff run. They still have Joe Burrow on a rookie contract. So they definitely want to get, you know, get the most out of that that they can. I think they're going to spare Joe Mixon down the stretch a little bit if they can. So Maje P. Ryan, like love him, hate him, like him, whatever it is. He's been pretty solid this year. Even with, with Mixon, he's been mixing in for a handful of carries. Um, the week, the two weeks that Mixon was banged up, he had double digit fantasy points not even having the full role to himself of splitting work with Mixon. So I could see them kind of going back to, you know, not a 50-50 workload like it was, but possibly a a 70-30, 65-35 role. And like right now, P. Ryan's setting career highs in receiving yards and in yards per reception. Like his receiving game is definitely bumped up, and that's where they're using him sometimes on these two-minute drives, sometimes on these third downs, you're getting more P. Ryan. So – if you have Joe Mixon, he needs to be on your roster, hundred percent. Like, if you're playing in anything above a ten-team league, he definitely needs to be on your roster. And even if you don't have Joe Mixon, um, go out and grab P. Ryan because there's just a chance that Joe Mixon misses a game here coming up. And I remember last year when Joe Mixon went down, like I was going to the streets. I was going to I was going to the streets, man, <laughs> trying to trying to get myself some Gio Bernard. So don't go to the streets for him. Get him while you can on the cheap. Um, but yeah, guys, Samaj so P. Ryan, as unsexy as it, as it is, I'm looking for him this week. I don't hate it. I don't hate it either. I, I, I so, okay. So something I was going to say about your, about the last, about Deontay Foreman 
and I think it applies to uh, Perrine here too. Perrine, sorry, said it wrong. Been saying it wrong for like two years now. Yeah, you love um, me. <laughs> so the thing about Perrine is this. He's opportunistic. When he gets the opportunities, he makes the most of them. Yes, sir. It's less about volume with Perrine as it is about what he's going to do with the limited volume he gets. Mm -hmm. Last three weeks, 48% snap share, 25% snap share, 33% snap share. Two targets, 16 yards, three targets, 17 yards, five carries, 20 yards, 11 carries, 52 yards. Eventually, eventually that, and, and if Joe Mixon gets hurt, that like doubles, yeah. triples. I think yeah. this is a really, oh, this is yeah. a really good call. I'm not going to go like super in depth, I, but, but this is a really good call. Go get again, Samaj it's, Pirine. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a stash. It's just a stash yep. just in case, but, and, and he doesn't have stand like a ton of standalone value right now. But, you know, in some of these deep leagues, like some of these really ones that you're really looking like, like, I mean, you could do worse. So, um, Samaj AP, Ryan, that's going to do it for In the Scope, guys. Um, I want to go ahead and get into some short things, sleepers of the week, some players you can have some confidence heading into week 11. Um, once again, I'm always happy to announce that short things, sleepers of the week is presented by our friends up at Stevens Quality Barbering Services in the great town of Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. Guys, if you're from Clearfield County, Jefferson County, Center County, McKean County, Indiana County, really anywhere in Western Central PA, and you guys want to look fresh, I go to Noah all the time. Noah Stevens up there. Um, he hooks me up consistently for the last six or seven years. Guys, if you want to book an appointment with Noah, go to stevens-quality.genbook.com to book an appointment with him. Get looking fresh, guys. We got the holidays coming up. Thanksgiving's around the corner. You don't be showing up at your family function with, with shaggy hair. You'll be showing up with a big old shady mustache and a and a nice mullet going. No, no, guys. I want you to go to Stevens Quality Barbering Services, get hooked up, impress the family, impress the significant other's family this upcoming holiday season, guys. Get hooked up. Noah's going to hook you up. Guys, let's go ahead into some short thing. It's the short thing. Sleepers of the week. I don't know about you guys, Jen and Nate, but I could definitely use some beach in my life. Um, over the weekend, we were up at the Penn State game, tailgating like eight in the morning. And I mean, wind was just ripping, man. I mean, w- winter is, I don't know if it's here in Pennsylvania, but it's definitely, definitely looming, man. Like old man winter, he's like behind the buildings right now, kind of like peeking out. He's getting ready to jump you if you're not looking, man. <laughs> Dude, the weather here has been so weird. Like we got like this light snow like two weeks ago and then it's been mid sixties to low seventies. And today it was windy as all hell. Right. But it was warm. It was a warm wind. It was, it's almost Thanksgiving. What is happening? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is winter coming? I mean, I'm all for it. Not coming. So yeah, same thing. Same thing, guys. We're going to bring a little bit of summertime back to the show though. Sure thing. Sleepers of the week. These are guys either out on the waivers or at the bottom of your rosters who we think you can have some confidence heading into week 11. We need it. Injuries have been piling up. COVID cases are starting to pile up again here across the U.S. 
and in fantasy football as well. Nate, who is your sure thing sleeper of the week, man? Because I feel like it's going to be bring me a little bit of joy after what I had experienced against the Lions <laughs> on Sunday. Oh, that was a mess of a game. And my boy here fumbled to seal the tie, basically. But it did not deter me. Pratt, Pat Fryermouth. Pat Fryermouth. Fryermouth. <laughs> Fire hydrant. <laughs> Fire hy- <laughs> Pat Fire Hydrant. <laughs> Look, man, he had a bad week last week. I get it. But we've got the Chargers coming up in week 11. They are fourth worst against the tight end position. They're giving up an average of 13.9 points to tight ends every week in fantasy. Big Ben's going to be back he has really cemented himself as a staple in this offense. And we've seen it the last few weeks. He's talented. He's got good hands. He makes plays after he catches the ball. We've got a 12.8 point performance in week six. Then they had the bye. Then he put up 14 points against Cleveland and 21 points against Chicago. Oh yeah. Then we've got the chargers. We've got Cincinnati Baltimore, who hasn't been great against tight ends. Tennessee and then Kansas City for your semifinals in the fantasy playoffs. I was high on him coming into the season because I think he's a big, talented receiver. He's not on the level of Kyle Pitts, but he's close. I think in like five to six years, we're going to be talking about Pat Fryer, Muth, Mouth, Hydrant. You got it. You hit it. (laughs) Along with. Kyle Pitts as like two like almost generational tight ends that have just exploded and like so almost like like as Waller Kelsey Kittle move out. It's going to be Firemouth, Firemouth Pitts, and Brevin Jordan, but that's a long story. Easy, easy. Okay. some years to happen. Okay, but uh, dude, go get him. And it's, it's crazy that he's fun. he's a waiver option. He's owned in like he's rostered like thirty percent of leagues on ESPN. Maybe a little. I think it's a tick less than that. Twenty-four. And it's it's wild. Yeah, he's twenty-four on sleeper. That's wild. Go get this man and put him on your rosters. If you're in a redraft keeper league, you're gonna want him next year. It's worth the draft pick compensation to get him. Well, and watching these games too, the way they use him is so unique. You know, they set up a lot of tight end screens for him, like we've seen Mm -hmm. other teams do for Travis Kelsey, Tyler Higby. Um, come to mind uh, how, how the Rams and the Chiefs like to use those guys. And even just like like these check down options, Fryermuth is often the check down option. He'll mm-hmm. run like a small little wheel route, a half wheel route um, out to the right side of the line. The quarterback will maybe roll out to the left on, on, a, on a rollout. And if nothing's available downfield, and let's face it, a lot of times these Steelers quarterbacks can't get him downfield, Fryermuth is there. So – yeah. I think Pat Fryermuth this week, like you said, Nate, the Chargers have not been good against the tight end position, and I think it continues here. I think Fryermuth. I mean, like this is I'm deciding between him and T.J. Hawkinson in a couple of leagues, and like I'm seriously considering it. And and you guys know my love for T.J. Hawkinson. Like that that's what level this guy's on right now. Um, if you have him on your roster already, don't be afraid to rip him in there. And if if he's out there on waivers, like I'm using whatever I can to get him. Man, he's he's great. Blow the rest of your fab because you're not going to have a more impactful waiver wire ad the rest of the season. Like you're at the club, baby. 
at the yes, club. Yep. Yes. <laughs> All right. Jen doesn't want to hear Nate about Nate going to the club. Uh, Jen, Jen, what do you got here for your sure thing, man? <laughs> so I have Kendrick Bourne, and I'm not exactly sure how much he's rostered against uh, across all the leagues, but like. I feel like he's starting to become a favorite target for Mac Jones. We know how much Nate loves Mac Jones, so he can go off about Mac Jones if he wants to. But, I mean, he had such a big game. He had 98 receiving yards, 43 rushing yards, a touchdown against Cleveland, and he's versatile. They've been using him in a bunch of different ways. New England has a shot at making the playoffs, but they'll need Bourne to do that, I think. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. yes. No. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. For There's me. Too much silence over there from you guys. Well, it, it, I, I'm just still hurting because you guys know where I was on Nelson Aguilar this season, man. Sure. I loved him. Even mm-hmm. so, like to see Kendrick Bourne outperforming him like this, it's definitely upsetting. But I mean, I can see it. I can see it coming to fruition, Jen. Um, this week they had the Falcons on Thursday night. You're calling your shot once again here on Thursday night, um, and the Falcons defense along with their offense, it's been atrocious. So I think if you want to take your shot, Mac Jones has looked good. I don't know who – like I probably would – would you guys probably rank the pass catchers in New England going forward like that you want to play, considering the, the position too they're at, Hunter Henry, Jacoby Myers, and then Kendrick Bourne probably? Or like probably. Bourne, and, Bourne and Myers kind of close together? No, I still rank Myers above Bourne. Okay. Okay. I'd rank Bourne above Myers because of three touchdowns versus one. He seems to have more red zone opportunity. Um, did break the curse, yeah. Jacoby Myers did break the curse. He did break the curse. He, he got his first career touchdown. Yeah. yeah. And the whole social media verse blew up over it, which they should have because well, we've been waiting for it. Waiting. Yeah. And weeks. Kendrick Bourne is turned into like a like a uh, a a Swiss Army knife of a player the last he, few weeks. He has, yeah. And Mac Jones using him in that role has looked more comfortable at quarterback. Mac Jones, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to say this. This is the first time I have said this. Cause I've been really holding back. Mac Jones is a generational talent at quarterback. Jeez. <laughs> That's a big you know, back, Nate? You've been, you've been on the Mac I've been all over him, but I haven't said generational okay. talent. So He's, you're putting him into like a 17 year role here in New England, or yes, okay, yes, I am. Okay, Mac <laughs> Jones is the future of the Patriots. He is a future Super Bowl, multiple Super Bowl winning quarterback in the New England system. What, what has blown me away is Kendrick Bourne. We're talking about Kendrick Bourne. Why are we talking about Kendrick Bourne? Because Mac Jones made him relevant. Why are we talking about Ramondre Stevenson? Why are we talking about Hunter Henry? Because Mac Jones has made them relevant this season. He was the most pro-ready quarterback coming into this draft. He has been the most pro-ready quarterback. He's proven it. He's proven it. Yeah. Uh, So if, if I remember correctly, Kendrick Bourne is the wide receiver 12. If you break it down to week seven to now. Okay. Wide receiver 12. Mac Jones is the QB eight in that span. This is exactly, this is a team on the move. This is a team 
that is trending upwards and Hunter Henry, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, Ramondre Stevenson, Mac Jones, and Damian Harris are guys who could end up being league winners. This team is in a push to the playoffs. The Bills are like within reach. Like they're biting at the Bills' ankles. They're right there. And and it's crazy too, Nate, because like the Patriots last year and coming into this year, we did not look at them as a lethal offense. They've scored 24 plus points in their last six performances. They just scored 45 on the Cleveland Browns defense, which was incredibly impressive in week 10. And a couple weeks ago as well, they just dropped, they just dropped 54 on the Jets. So like this is a decently high scoring offense. It seems like they have, you know, they went out, they spent big in free agency. They didn't get flashy names. They didn't get big, big names, but they got guys to fit the system. So I, and I think Kendrick Bourne's one of them. Um, and I, I at least like him here, here as a, as a pickup and, and a plug and play. Um, yeah. I don't know how much I'm buying in moving forward, but overall, I love it. And I, I'll round out our short thing sleeper of the week discussion, guys, with, with my selection here. And it is Ty Johnson. Another person Nate's been on since early, early in the in the preseason, and you know, I obviously none of us projected Mike Mike White being you know as savvy as he's been as a quarterback checking down to these RBs, and but but Ty Johnson's been pretty good, guys. Um, for the last five games, he has double digit fantasy points for a backup running back in a time when there isn't a lot out there. You kind of like what you're seeing from Ty Johnson. Um, I've I've really, I've really liked what Mike White's been doing with what he's had. You know, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Mac Jones out there, Nate, using what he has. This week they have the Dolphins, and the Dolphins secondary has been playing a lot better lately. Um, and I know a lot of people are going to look back last week at my short thing sleeper of the week, which is also against the Dolphins, Devonta Freeman, and that he finished with only I think eight point eight fantasy points last week. But that first drive, Devonta Freeman looked awesome. Like that was the best I've seen Devonta Freeman those first two drives, probably in the last two or three years. So, I mean, I think he had 30 rushing yards just on the first drive alone. Um, so I, I think if you need a flex play, if you need an RB2, if you have injuries to Aaron Jones, you don't have these handcuffed guys we're talking about, um, look Ty Johnson's way. Like, I, I mean, he's an RB3 for me this week, but I think he's a really solid RB3, and he's going to have a receiving floor, especially if Mike White is out there. I'm definitely even more interested. Yeah, I love this. I love that. I love I love everything you just said. Yeah, so their next four games, which I'm just why I love this call. So because I love Ty Johnson, but he's been fairly matchup dependent and quarterback dependent, whatever, like you said. Yeah, but he's got Miami, Houston, Philly, New Orleans, Miami, Jacksonville. That's that's sexy. New Orleans. That's real sexy. Yeah. That it's all sexy for what this team does and how their offense runs. Yeah. Ty Johnson, Michael Carter. Yep. Everyone else on that offense. Yeah. Yeah. But. I would still like, I, I mean, I might be a hater at this point, but I still like almost think I would have, if, if Mike White is the quarterback this weekend, I think I still have more confidence starting uh, Ty Johnson over someone like Elijah Moore. Maybe yes. that's, just, that's definitely against consensus, but that's my opinion. Oh, no, 100%. Uh, Elijah Moore is tough. Mike White likes to check down. So yeah. the running backs are going to get the majority of the looks 
when yeah, he's in. I, I mean, Moore snuck into a touchdown last week after we kind of mm-hmm. wrote him off, but it was a garbage time, fluky play. So I'm right. not going to buy too much into it. Guys, I love these sure thing sleepers of the week this week. I think this is a, it's a really good batch. Kendrick Bourne of the Patriots, our boy Pat Fryermuth, a.k.a. Pat Fire Hydrant over there in Pittsburgh, and then Ty Johnson here for the New York Jets as well. Guys, let's round our show out today with some weekly advice. Weekly. Weekly. Guys, let's talk about weekly advice. We are now in the point of the fantasy football season. I'm going to be honest. I'm a little tired this week. Long weekend, long week ahead. The holidays, we talked about it a little bit already, just around the corner. What is your guys' advice for for our listeners, for our viewers, who might be feeling a a, a week 11 burnout? I mean, it's double-digit weeks. We've been in this two and a half months now. We've seen 20-plus RBs drop like flies. Left and right, every you know things are changing left and right. Every every chance we see, Jen, do you have any experience, especially for some any newer players who might be feeling this fatigue? God, get more sleep. (laughs) (laughs) It's just been so rough. I mean, yeah. The thing is, is that everybody's feeling it. So yeah, when you're frustrated, just know that there are probably six to ten other people within your league who are also just as frustrated. So mm-hmm. stay the course, continue to make good decisions, continue to listen to us and you'll be okay. Nate, anything to add there for your wife to your wife? No, what she said was perfect. Cause she's perfect. <laughs> if you're, if you're feeling burnt out, just remember guys, this is a game. Yeah. Yes. There's yeah, sure. There's money on the line, but if you're, putting money into your leagues that you can't afford to lose. You should probably stop doing that because this is a game. So have fun. Enjoy it. It's a, this is a blast, man. You get to play a game within a game mm-hmm. and also listen to our advice. Cause we're actually pretty smart. Surprisingly. <laughs> it shocks me sometimes. When I'm like, I was right. What? <laughs> oh, I didn't know I could do that. Woo. I like that guys. I mean, it is definitely just a game. Um, w- one piece of advice that, that I can, I can offer out there is change up what content you're listening to what, and how you're consuming it as well. Um, whether that's, you know, maybe you normally listen to a podcast while you're doing the dishes. I do that a lot while I'm doing the dish. I, I will listen to my podcast, go for a walk and listen to your podcast and try to get outside while you can, while it's still daylight out, daylight saving times has hit. So, um, it's getting dark a lot earlier out there now, but you know, change up what content you're consuming. There's so much good content out there in the fantasy football industry. Um, you know, I love all the big name guys, the fantasy focus guys over there, ESPN, um, fantasy football or CBS. Like those are some of my favorite guys. But let's not forget about like all these small, small companies doing a great job here in the fantasy football industry. There's so much unique content out there. No matter who you are, there's always a niche within a niche here in the fantasy football industry. So Check out some of this other content, or if you need to take a break from content, it's going to be there. You can always catch our show back on demand, whether you want to watch our goofy stream, um, me missing clicking buttons, or uh, <laughs> or our audio version as well after it's cleaned up a little bit. Go ahead and do that, guys. Um, either way, we're going to be here all season long. We're going to help you get through it. If you need anything, whether it's fantasy football related, life related, 
You know where to find me at between underscore Seth FF on Twitter. Jen is at Jen Pulvo on Twitter. And Nate, making it complicated as always, at Janate Jack FF. <laughs> the show is at IBT underscore media. Jen, Nate, any final words for our listeners? Mm, hire a nanny. If you have the means and you have a kid, hire a nanny. We did that this week. So good decision. <laughs> well, we, we got into a nanny share with some friends. So it's significantly okay, cheaper share. than just hiring a nanny. Get into a nanny share. We're not ballers out here. We're trying to make a living on fantasy football. We We're just trying to find an hour for our nanny share. Yeah, that's right. We're just trying to find more time for content. Um, yes. My advice, I forgot. I had something really good and then Jen made me laugh. So there we I go. I think it was hire a nanny for nanny share. <laughs> oh, uh, going back to my column that came out tonight. There's a lot of, um, you always want to say, what if X had happened? What if Y had happened? I could be at like Z place. Forget that dude. No regrets. You are where you are. Embrace it. Be happy with it. Love it. Yes. And move forward. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yep. What if we hadn't gotten into the nanny share? Right? <laughs> dude, if I'd gone to college, I would have never met you. I would have been way too smart to be at that dumb bar working. <laughs> well, guys, all right. I, so that's what you have. Nothing. I think you guys close it up. I, I'm happy. I'm happy where I am. I, I appreciate being right here with you guys every single week. We'll be back here, same place, same time next week. Shout out to our guy in the back end, Kyle Scott, always making us sound the best on the audio version. Same place, same time next week, guys. Until then, keep it in between. The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. The one thing that you know really sets us apart here is, is we're not afraid to talk about other things that maybe aren't super fantasy related. Do what you can to become a better person, to become a better human.